Welcome to the Virginia Eats and Drinks Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Evans-Hilton, and I invite you to grab and eat, grab a drink, and get ready to think. Our podcast is a compliment to the Virginia Eats and Drinks show heard Friday evenings from 6 until 7 on air on AM 790 WNIS in Coastal Virginia and broadcast everywhere online at WNIS.com. Well, tonight my guest is Jorge Romero of Jesse's Taqueria with locations in Coastal Virginia. Jesse's Taqueria was founded by Alejandro. Jesse's Taqueria was founded by Alejandro Romero in 1996 in Wilson, North Carolina. It began as a grocery store with the name Romero's and quickly emerged as a taqueria. With emerging Hispanic populations in coastal Virginia, Romero decided to open Jesse's Tienda at its current Ocean View location in Norfolk. Now operated by others in the Romero family, including our guest Jorge, the authentic flavors of Mexico are offered also in Norfolk's Ghent and in Virginia Beach. And Jorge, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Excellent, excellent. So you've just fed us very, very well. How many tacos did you bring in? Uh, we had 11 different kinds, three of each, so oh 33. 33 tacos. And so between four of us, we, we put a pretty good dent in those. But we're going to talk about tacos tonight. And so I don't want people to think that there's the, those big, you know, honking tacos like, you know, you buy the, the old El Paso shells in the grocery store either. These, no. are, these are the street tacos. Street style uh, taquitos. Oh, so, so good. So, so good. So to be exact, we ate 29. Yes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, why don't you tell us first a little bit about Jesse's, just just as a whole. So, um, <clears throat> Jesse's as a whole is uh, a Mexican hub in Virginia Beach and Norfolk. Uh, we had it was started as a tienda, a small grocery store, um, and then uh, the the tacos took over. Uh, we won best beef taco in two thousand and nine, best guacamole in two thousand eleven, mm. and that's when we saw the that our value was in the food, not so much in the groceries. So mm-hmm. we uh, inverted, invested more time into the food, uh, into the restaurant, and. Um, made a bigger menu as the clientele group. So mm-hmm. right now we have a menu that is half authentic Mexico City style street food mm-hmm. and half Americanized sure. uh, West Coast style uh, with burritos and carne asada fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quesadillas are definitely Mexican. Um, however, the flour tortilla quesadilla yes. is more of an American thing. So we have something for everybody's uh, everybody's palate. Uh, kids loves us. Uh, and any any range age range, um, you can. That's the big, the nicest thing about walking into a Jesse's. You don't see all Mexican or all white or e- any certain ethnic background. It's a big variety of ages, ethnic backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, good food is good food. Yes, fresh definitely counts. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Well, now. So, so you've got you've got the location in Ocean View that has a tienda, the Oceana in Virginia Beach that uh, has a tienda, and then you have the the taco bar Ghent. And yes, so, yes, yes. That uh, Ocean View was first, and then Jesse's Taco Bistro came uh, second in two thousand and twelve. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, two thousand fifteen. So okay. it's about six years old. Okay, it's Excellent. going on to a seventh year. That one is that's the only one currently that does not have the the tienda. See. Si. 
So now let me ask you, I, I want to be careful how I phrase this. Initially, I was going to say, what do Americans get wrong about Mexican food? But, but what don't Americans really understand beyond what we've been indoctrinated, mostly from some of the, Mex- the Mexican-inspired fast food chains? What, what don't we really understand about Mexican food? It's one simple thing. Simple is better. Yes, yes. When you, we do carne asada, the steak, it's nothing else than uh, salt and pepper. Yeah, so so no no seven layer burritos with with fiery guacamole, right? No, definitely no. <laughs> anything beyond three is too much. <laughs> and and it is true, isn't it? And that's what that's what all great uh, culinarians and chefs from all cuisines. I mean, Julia Child, as so many people you know recognize, all say that yes, just keep it simple. Let the real fresh flavor shine. Definitely, yeah. Uh, even the salsas, if you're making a, a chile serrano salsa. Uh, just your serrano, your your balancer, either tomatoes or mm-hmm. tomatillos, onions, garlic, and salt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No need to get fancy any extra ingredient that uh, could improve it, but it could yes. also damage the, yes. the, the the end quality. Yes, I mean that's that's what I learned uh, when I was in Mexico City earlier this uh, in 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 twenty twenty two, and took a class and we, we did several things but I was just so surprised how the salsa came together you know and how, how beautiful it was we roasted uh, the chiles we roasted the tomato we took the skins off we deveined the those we roasted some garlic and and with a, except for a little bit of salt that's all we did in the the mojajete yes and, and with the with the with the pet the pestle and just mash that stuff and good lord that was just the I mean I impressed myself <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with it, with, it, with yeah, it, the little know. burntness from the veggies yes. would make the flavor pop. Wow, wow. Well, so now I want to talk just a, a minute, and then we're going to get to tacos. But um, you know, uh, Americans love to celebrate Cinco de Mayo. So, what what do Mexicans think of the celebrations of the of the tacos and tequila that we have here north of the border? So in Mexico, every day is a reason to have a good day. Yes, we have tacos and we have we'll, yes. we'll have a beer every now and then. But um, Cinco de Mayo, it's just another day, just like and it's not even Mayo, really Mexican Independence Day. No, it's no. like a battle at Puebla. It was I the day the the uh, poblanos defeated the yes. French. Yes, yes. So, so it is. It is a big uh, reason uh, to to remember a, a big yes. win over a, a, a unexpected an unexpected win in a big fight. Yes. Um, however. It's uh, the the big holiday in Mexico is Independence Day, which is the fifteenth of September. Mm-hmm. That day, it's uh, uh, it's like Fourth of July here. It's yes. over the top it's fireworks. Well, everybody Dia de los Muertos. Dia de los Muertos. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But as far as of a military, that's mm-hmm. what Cinco de Mayo is. Mm-hmm. It's a military, military. Uh, triumph. Um, that's our independence is the the one that I can remember. I, I grew up as a child in Mexico, and I. Um, I can say that one and the day of the flag. Second um, mm. of February is the day of the flag, and okay. we are we are very proud of our flag, and sure. we celebrate the day of the flag. And so maybe even wonderful more. Mexican foods are the colors: the red, green, and white. The red, green, and white. Yes, for sure. But uh, yes, yeah, Cinco de Mayo. I it wasn't un- honestly. It wasn't until I was in the food industry and even then it wasn't until jesse's became prominent because even during our slower days where my dad had just opened and we were barely 
um, known amongst the Hispanic community. Um, we were not on the radar of the Cinco de Mayo worse, mm-hmm. which it's, it all depends on what day of the week it falls on. Sure. But if it is a business day and there's a business lunch or a mm-hmm. uh, happy hour after work, that's when it's the biggest. Oh, yes. Because yes. Uh, it's... Well, look at, look at what we did to St. Patrick's Day, right? So it's all, it's all good. You know, it's all good. It gives, I, get, I think Americans are always looking for an excuse to celebrate something because, I mean, there's even Taco Tuesday, you know? Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I mentioned that to some, some people in Mexico. They're like, hmm, okay. <laughs> what do you mean Tuesday? We eat it Mondays eat them all and the time. and Thursdays and Saturdays. <laughs> so our emphasis tonight is to talk about a dish loved far and wide the taco. Plenty are eaten, not just on Cinco de Mayo, our own Taco Tuesday, but throughout the year. So, in your own words, describe a taco. The taco, it's savory. It's warm. It's juicy. Um, And it all starts with a tortilla. A little bit of oil to the tortilla when you put it on the pan. And a corn tortilla. Corn tortilla, definitely. Um, the more and more you're in America, the flour mm-hmm. grows more and more into your palate. So there's there's nothing wrong with a flour tortilla, but yes, uh, the corn is where it's at. Especially if you make you a, a fresh handmade tortilla. Yes, yes. There's nothing like that. It's it's like having a fresh bread coming out of the oven as opposed to something out mm-hmm. of a bag. But yes, a tortilla with a little bit of oil to get a little bit of crispiness. And then whatever you decide to stuff it with, it can be vegetables, but the the... The favorite tacos are meat, meat-based. Um, mm-hmm. Carnitas tacos, carne asada tacos, um, al pastor are uh, amongst the, the most popular. Uh, when you say tacos, that will mm-hmm. come up off of anybody's lips. Yes, mm-hmm. let me let's get some carne asada tacos. But it's so funny because I don't think most people know what carne asada means. Carne they, asada is steak, yes, grilled steak. I mean, they know it's delicious, but mm-hmm. just to to break the words down, it's oh yeah, you know, and and it can be made with any beef, really, yeah. any steak. Just yeah. like you have a big variety of steaks, you can make them. Um, <clears throat> And again, uh, simple, um, less is more. So Mm -hmm. your tortilla, your protein, and then just two toppings, onions and cilantro. And then the hot sauce on the side for the daredevils who... Mm-hmm. And handle the burn, yes. which is which is indulged in three delicious sauces, and all three of them were on hot list level. I would say eight out of ten. Yes, yes, and so so good too. Well, how do many of the tacos that you get here in the United States? How how do they differ from what you get in Mexico? Um, just off the top of my memory. Last time I had street tacos in Mexico, it's you see a lot of vapor. Uh, everything is hot. The the tortillas they're they're warming them right there. They 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 warm a big batch of them and then they put them under a heat bath to where they have at least for fifty tacos right there that they can serve on a whim. Um, the 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 meats are being pulled out of the the pod where they just barely got cooked onto the chopping board and you hear the chopping. Oh. You yes. just see little pieces of meat flying everywhere. Your taco just gets thrown together. Meat, onion, cilantro, hot sauce, mm. five tacos to you. And how You're many making me you hungry want? again. <laughs> there, there, there was six tacos left back there. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Yes, yes, yes. Well, so, you know, uh, Americans also are an experimental bunch. So what are some of the ingredients that you just should never 
put it on a hmm. taco. And a taco. Melted cheese. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, crumbled cheese is okay. Shredded See, cheese passes. or something like that. Correct. But yeah. a melted cheese will just make your t- taco soggy. Yes. yes. Um, uh, what else? Uh, definitely not a pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do not yeah. put a pizza in your taco. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> no mozzarella there, there's pepperoni. Really, you cannot go wrong. And that's where burritos came from. Yes. From adding stuff to your taco. You saw the tortilla, your meat, and then you want to add rice and beans and cheese and sour cream. And, of course, burritos, though, were not a Mexican dish originally. Correct. Not that yes. I know of. No, because no, again, no. I never heard of them until I came to well, the U.S. No, and I don't think, you know, except for seeing them on television, when I'm in Mexico, mm-hmm. um most most the folks that I talk to have never seen them or tasted them. They've just seen them on television, right? Which I think blows a lot of our minds here because it's just everybody you know, see, thinks of burritos as Mexican influenced, and that's that's what it is. They were just influenced by Mexican food, but created in in America. So why why do you think tacos are so popular? They're good. Yeah, just they're so simple to make. Simple to where that's where you get a lot of Mexican restaurants pop up because my my theory is if your food is edible, you will draw a crowd. Mm-hmm. If your food is fresh and quality, it will grow. It'll prosper. So, I mean, anybody can make a taco. You can warm a tortilla up, and you mm-hmm. can season some meat and dye some veggies. Mm-hmm. You can make a taco. Yes. Now, if you make a good taco, you will impress, and people will eat tacos. I mean, I, I probably eat tacos five days out of a week. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I do, I think, at least two. Yeah, they're yeah. quick to make, too. Yeah, if you and have. They're, they're so good, and, like, and they are so versatile, you know. Um, I mean, just this morning, I had huevos con chorizo. I, I wanted a breakfast yes. option, so there we go. Huevos con chorizo and a taco. That's right. I had a little cheese and uh uh, a breakfast taco. So, so what are some taco trends that you're seeing? I know one is the you know even though it's not new, I think it's newer to to Americans is the birria. The birria, yeah, I think it, it not so. I think it's been around in the West Coast for a, a while, several years now, and it, uh, the social media, different social media outlets have um, made a big widespread over the last three years on the East Coast to where. People who have probably have never had Mexican food in their life mm-hmm. are seeing pictures of these red dipping tacos mm-hmm. stuffed with meat and cheese and onions and cilantro, and they just look so juicy and yummy and savory mm-hmm. that makes you want to go out and look for them. Half of these people that come do not know what it is. They ask you for a chicken when it's clearly <laughs> beef or uh, the original goat. Um but um, and I do love goat. I wish we had more goat in this country. I wish yeah. that wasn't a, a meat that a lot of Americans. It's very gamey, so a lot it of people yeah. are not really ready for goat. That yeah. I think that's the, I, the and the places where I've seen goat. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it's just not cooked to perfection. Yeah, to where you 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 won't have it again. So. In order for it to be an adequate goat dish, it's it must have been cooked for at least five to six hours. So yes, yes. Well, so now run through and tell us the the names of the tacos that you brought tonight, and folks, we're going to have photos of those for you to to look. And don't look your computer screen though, because you might electrocute yourself. So we had five uh, beef. We had steak, shredded beef, beef barbacoa, which is cabeza, uh, birria, and lengua. And then we had carnitas. And what's lingua? Lingua is beef tongue. Yes. Yum, yum, yum. 
And then so tender. Had, uh, yeah, it's a really tender steak. Basically, that's what I how I see it. We had four pork. We had the carnitas. We had the aldobada, the al pastor, the chorizo, and then we had some veggie medley and some vegan chorizo. Yes, and that vegan chorizo was amazing. It was really amazing on its own yeah. because I love chorizo and I especially love Mexican style. I mean, there's you know the Spanish do a fine job, the 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 Puerto Ricans do a good chorizo, but the Mexican chorizo, there's just something about the coarseness of the meat and the just. The, the spices are so authentic and in your face, but not in a bad way. You know, it's just mm, so yeah, good. Yeah, vinegar and pepper. Oh, it, yes. It's, it's a big, um, just a big splash yes. of spices in your yes. mouth when you take a bite of a chorizo taco, if yes. it's a, a good chorizo. Yes, yes, yes. No, nobody has time for bad chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask, ask my producer, Drew, here, um, what was your favorite? You know, uh, you got me onto the beef tongue, actually, yeah. and that might be one of my favorites just because of how tender it is. But that being said, I really enjoyed the pork as well. Yes. Um, and, of course, the, the carne asada. Yes. I, I, yeah. I love, uh, in, in Mexico, with the, the Al Pastor, when you drive by the taquerias and they're outside with those big stacks of meat. They, they call you know, them spin tops. Yes. yes. Take it, and it looks like top. if you've ever been to a Greek restaurant, it looks like the hero meat is stacked up like that. And then there's the pineapple. You say top. It, I always read, read a gyro. So it's hero. I've always pronounced it hero. 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 All right. But you know, but it's, what's interesting is because it and and the Al Pastor has only been around since the twenties, and it actually was somebody from Lebanon, a, a immigrant family from Lebanon that came to Mexico nice. and uh, and did that. But oh, those are those are so good, and it's so dramatic because the flames are coming up and they're licking the meat and browning on the outside, mm. and the the gentlemen are slicing it off right just into their hand with the the tortilla there, yeah. and then popping off a little piece of the pineapple and handing it. <laughs> That's, that's that's where the the biggest the sh- part of the show is. Yes, where the taquero is slicing away. Yes, and just, oh, it's yeah, a, it's a work of art. Oh my gosh, and everything is like, it's like you know. Fifty cents, a dollar, you mm-hmm. know, and you could just sit there and eat your fill until you, till you're just stupid on tacos, you mm. know. Yeah, the right size. That'd be a good name for a band, wouldn't it? Stupid Stupid on on tacos. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. Well, so now, um, what's what's next for Jesse's? Oh man, uh, just to maintain or uh, be consistent our quality at this point. Um, yes, it's, it, we don't want to stretch too far, too thin. So, right now we have our hands full with the new location at Ocean sure. Boulevard. It's, it's it's a great location. It's got a, a lot of room for growth. There's a lot of expansion coming that way. So, Ocean View is like it's never been. Ghent, same thing. It's mm-hmm. it surprised me how how much following it has mm-hmm. uh, Virginia Beach location it's small yet it never stops it's always going um, so that's our focus right now for the next uh, for the short term is just maintaining our quality there's no no more um, and that's really like we were talking earlier what it really all comes down to is the freshness and the quality and I think myself I think that is why a taco is so perfect because like you said it's, it's for me I would prefer the small 
uh, street style. And so a small, thin tor- uh, corn tortilla and then just simple, you know, uh, beef and then maybe a little bit of cilantro, a little bit of onion, a squeeze of lime. Maybe if you are feeling a little daredevilish, uh, a little bit of hot sauce, you know, and and that's and that's it. It doesn't get any simpler and it just doesn't get any better either. Good way to kick off the weekend. Yes, indeed. Every day should be Taco Tuesday. Yes. They say there's five o'clock somewhere. Well, I want to say it's Taco Tuesday somewhere. It's Taco Clock somewhere. It's Taco Clock. <laughs> here's, here's my question: Is what about beans and tacos? What's your thought on that? Oh man, frijoles. Uh, here we kickstarted a burrito. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can get with that. Yes. Or the beans just put it on top of a sope. Or yep, but then we have um, it's got to be refried beans. Yes, no, and exactly. That's the, the yes, first layer. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think from Mexico, that's where the beans were taken. Somebody wanted beans for their tacos and said, "Okay, well, we'll call it a sope." Yeah, yeah. Mm, I love those too. That's another. That's another show, though. So, folks, be sure to join our Facebook page for more food news that you can use. Go to facebook.com/slash/group/slash Virginia Eats and Drinks. We'll have photos from the delish dishes that we talked about tonight online. A big thank you to our amigo Jorge for joining us on the Virginia Eats and Drinks show. For more information on Jesse's visit jessiesov.com, taqueriajessies.com, or jessiesgent.com. Thank you, Jorge. Thank you, guys. Virginia is a state rich in history, including eats and drinks. And in our Deja Chew segments, we explore the rich stories that flavor the Commonwealth. Many of the first Chinese to immigrate to America did so in the 19th century, the majority of them arriving on the West Coast. Some came at the height of the gold rush as laborers. Later, others worked on the Transcontinental Railroad. Some began moving eastwards, perhaps as their work had dried up, and they were simply looking for a better life. Some fled prejudiced laws. The late historian George Tucker was born not long after the turn of the 20th century and asserted in a Virginian pilot column there were probably no Chinese in Norfolk before 1885. He noted that a city directory of that year listed no laundries. But the community grew quickly enough so that by the turn of the 19th century, there was a small Chinatown near downtown Norfolk in the areas of East Main and church streets. Tucker recalled walking through the area as a teenager, and he found, in quotes, tantalizing odors emanating from a dark, small windowed shop where brightly packaged teas, straw-covered jars of preserved ginger and kumquats, dried fish, Chinese melons, exotic vegetables, and porcelains were displayed. In the February 15, 1899 Virginia pilot, the first Chinese restaurant in the city was announced that Norfolk is getting up to date in more ways than one is demonstrated most every day. Her progress is reaching all nationalities, too. For now, it is said a regular Oriental Chinese restaurant is to be started on East Main Street in a few days where chop suey, yakima, which is probably Yakamane, bird's nest soup, shark's fin, and other twosome celestial dishes will be served in true Waldorf Astoria style. And uh, a lot of times the word celestial there was uh, synonymous with the Chinese at the, at, during that time period. Up north, the Chinese restaurant is a great American institution, the article continued. The demand for Chinese food, particularly chop suey, grew tremendously in a short amount of time. Many American restaurants offer the dish – 
on their menus, too, with Virginia specialties side-by-side with that of the Far East. Some promoted and asked that their Chinese dishes were made with fresh, wholesome, and local meats and vegetables. In 1918, the Oriental Chinese and American restaurant opened. Tucker called it an elegant eatery up two flights of marble stairs overlooking College Place and Granby Street, lighted with tasseled red lacquered Chinese lanterns and furnished with black wooden tables inlaid with mother of pearl. The Oriental's menu ran the gamut from chop suey to the most elaborate Cantonese cookery. This would be another realm of influence in the Guisina coast of Virginia following that of Native Americans, the English, Caribbean, African, and to a smaller extent French following the adaptation, the restaurant style from that country. Today, a large Filipino community, especially in Virginia Beach, flavors the region with rich cuisine of the Philippines. For more history plated, visit us at virginiaeatsanddrinks.com. Here's a favorite interview from the archives of the Virginia Eats and Drink Show, heard Friday evenings from 6 until 7, on air in coastal Virginia on AM790 WNIS, and online everywhere at WNIS.com. Spring has sprung, and we are getting close to May and a whole host of new fruits and vegetables to enjoy. One of my favorite happens to be a favorite also of one of our United States presidents. By all accounts, the pea was Thomas Jefferson's favorite vegetable, and he grew 19 varieties in Monticello. Each spring, he would hold a competition with area gentlemen farmers to see who could produce a first pea of the season, followed by a dinner featuring the legume. Well, we have our good friend Gordon Holly with us from Westside Produce and Provisions on North Collie in Norfolk to tell us more about the pea and some other delicious delectables to look forward to. And Gordon, how are you doing? I am doing well, my friend. I hope you are. Oh, yes. Doing very well, very well. You know, I am just so excited about this. Well, here we are on the cusp of May, and, and it is one of the first things to come to mind are May peas. I love them so much. Tell us, tell us when we should start seeing them in market. Well, the last couple of years, they've been a little later than normal. Typically, uh, you know, they are May peas, but like I say, the last couple of years has been near the end of May and even into the first or second week of June before we see a, a real good supply. But, uh, Good things but come to those who weigh. Highly anticipating. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Well, so when when they come in, what what are some of the things that that we should look for as as, as a shopper? You know, number one, and we market them at our, at our store. You know, already shelled, and uh, you know, you want to make sure that it's you know a nice green, you know, nice green color, and uh, um, you know, just uh, you know, bright fresh-looking product. Nothing shriveled up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Well, so now you've got the peas, you know, you bring them back home with you. How should somebody store them? Well, you you know, obviously you want to keep them refrigerated. Uh, uh, we, we package them in a plastic bag, but you can, you know, put them in another plastic container just to keep them, you know, keep them cold. And, um, you know, when but you want to, uh, you know, eat them as soon as you can. You know, we, yeah. we, we, you know, get them in, you know, multiple times a week. But, uh, you know, you generally want to eat them within, a, you know, a day or two uh, once you get them. And peas freeze so well. I like to put them out on a um, 
on a baking sheet on, you know, like some silp hat and make sure that they're trying to make sure not that they touch too much and put them in the freezer and they freeze so well. And then you just put them, you know, in uh, really good quality freezer bags. And then, you know, in the dead of winter, uh, they're so perfect to pull out. Yeah, lots of times uh, we'll let people know when, you know, about the last week is, and, uh, you know, that they're available. And, uh, you know, we get a big rush on them, and people will do that uh, every year. They come in and uh, buy them up and freeze them, for the, freeze them for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. Well, now you have come up with really great tips and tricks for those, for those May peas. Why don't you tell us about those? Well, first thing you want to do, just like, you know, most vegetables is, you know, you want to kind of, you know, want to kind of undercook them, you know, yeah. slightly undercook, you know, simmer them for a few minutes uh, or steam them uh, until the color just turns really bright green. Mm-hmm. Uh, add a little bit of lemon juice to, you know, preserve the color. And then you want to, uh, don't, don't salt the water. Salt no. them after, you know, after you've cooked them. Yes. I, I think salting the water, you know, you're going to take some of that sweetness away. Out of that. You are. I think it's going to I think it's going to take a lot of the tenderness away too. Yeah. And uh then you can just uh, you know, take the cooked peas, you know, drain them and uh just toss them in some butter, some hot cream and add a few herbs. Uh mint works really well. Oh god, uh, mint has yeah. the I think mint has the perfect affinity with peas, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And what I like to do with that butter is I like to do like a really nice mint compound butter and just slice off, you know, some medallions of that and toss in the peas. Toss it in, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds good. And then also you can practically eat them out of the shell. Oh, yeah. You just take them, quickly branch them and toss them into a green salad or add to a pasta dish. And I like to add a little bit of uh, Edward Suriano ham in there. Oh, yes. There's nothing, I, I don't think there's much better than some of those fresh peas like that in a uh, pasta carbonaro. So, you know, you get, the, you get the pasta and it comes right out and you put it in a bowl with some of the hot liquid and you put in, you know, some cream and some butter and the peas and crack, um, you know, put, put an egg yolk or two in there and then some of that, that suriana ham and you stir it all up and then you serve it while it's still steaming hot. And, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, smack your mama good to the nth degree, I tell you, I think. Exactly. Oh, my God. I'm getting hungry now, Gordon. And I still <laughs> and I still have a lot more to do tonight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, now, um, so so peas are not the only thing, though, that should be on our radar. You're, you wanted to talk about some other things, too, which are also some of my favorite spring spring things. So tell us about those. Well, uh, yeah, you know, right now it's still kind of, you know, we have a nice variety of lettuces coming in. Yes. And and still kales and Swiss chard, a lot of the leafy greens, but we are highly anticipating, uh, uh, I I call them the big three. The maypees was one of them, but asparagus and strawberries are the other two. Yes, yes. Kind of like sends the, you know, really gets the season started. We hope to see those by the end of April. Uh, the strawberries are working out really good this year on several of the farms. So I think we should be seeing those within the next week or two, and asparagus as well. So those are kind of like the bit beginning of the season for us. When we get those in, we know we're, we're ready to go. I love those just so fresh, pencil, pencil-thin asparagus that, you know, it, that it's, it is a crime to affix any kind of heat to them. You know, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you wrap some of that Edwards ham around them, you know, and 
uh, oh my goodness, and drizzle a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of fresh cracked pepper and some salt on them. And, you know, you just set out with a nice glass of Virginia white wine. And I don't, th- I don't think living gets much better. Not much. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And then strawberries. Yes. I'm definitely going to have you back closer to strawberry season too. But while peas were on my mind, I definitely wanted to go and get that out of the way too, because, you know, I, I the other day I was just thinking, oh my goodness, you know, it's not going to be too long. And, but if mother nature, you know, we, we can't push her, you know, so if it's a little bit longer then we wait, but at least we know, at least we know some tips and tricks. So when it comes, then they're then on the way. Then we'll be ready. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, folks, I am going to post Gordon's pea tips and tricks, and I'm also going to have a recipe for garden pea pilaf and mint basil chimichurri from my cookbook, Dishing Up Virginia, that I'm going to share too. These will be online, so go to our Facebook group at facebook.com/group/slash Virginia Eats and Drinks. And for more information on the absolutely fabulous, it's a shame if you've never been there. And a shame if you don't go this weekend. Westside Produce and Provisions. Visit westsideproduceandprovisions.com. And Gordon, it's always fabulous to talk to you, friend. And I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Thank you, sir. Same to you. All right. Take care now. All right. right, Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Virginia Eats and Drinks podcast, serving you all the food news that you can use wherever you listen to your podcast. Be sure to join us again. And for more information on Virginia Eats and Drinks, visit virginiaeatsanddrinks.com. I'm your host, Patrick Evans Hilton.